coming to you from Sheb's living room, Daniel's <laughs> living room. This is the Lake Take with Christopher Huerta and Daniel Flores. My hear me call him Sheb from time to time. Uh, it's been a long time since we've done this. Uh, this yeah, it's been a very podcast, long yeah. time. And I was going to say, yeah, just get used to the Sheb thing. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, I'm going to go in between Daniel and Sheb, but uh, that's what I got we're two talking names, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, first of all, it's good to be back. Good to be back talking Lakers basketball. It's been a really long time. Schedule's uh, finally aligned, man. Schedule's yeah. are finally aligned again. By schedule's finally aligned, it means Sheb's not in school right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> 100% what it is. <laughs> so uh, 41 games into the season is when we decided to do this, just to kind of pick up from here because it's a good halfway point, and mm-hmm. kind of we're going to start talking about what to look forward to um, from here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, at the beginning of the season, the Lakers started off um, pretty hot, man. They, they had that 5-5 five and five game. It kind of felt like last year's 10-10 and 10 start. So, um, you know, when they were starting off 5-5, five and five, a, lot of, uh, a lot of expectations became higher and higher and higher because we were playing good teams at the beginning of the season as well. So we had good games against uh, the Golden State Warriors. We even ended up beating Houston. You know, we had some we had some good run going towards the beginning of the season. But you know, there's been, there has been these ups and downs going on throughout the season. Yeah, and uh, just the one thing that I think we can be really appreciative of is one, Luke Wallen has this team playing really good defense thus far into the season. Yeah, that was the big storyline at the beginning of the season. It's almost a 180. We're almost a, we're 11 right now in efficiency, which is really good to see. Uh, and at the same time, this team competes every night as long as they're healthy. And, th- and that, w- that was what we were promised when Magic and uh, Polinka took over. Is this team would compete every night. They have slipped up a little recently with a couple 20-point losses. Yeah. But, you know, the injuries. But we've gotten right back on track since Lonzo's come back to play. You know, we, we aren't getting blown out. And even with games that we're supposed to win, we seem to be winning the games we're supposed to win. And what I liked, especially, like, recently against, like, the San Antonio Spurs, that's a game where you we saw a 13-point lead dwindle, and it was the Spurs took the lead. And then last year I would have thought, hey, this game's over. The Spurs took the lead. We had 13 points up on them. It's over. But, no, we fought back, and we kept on, we kept on stretching a lead out. So I, I, I like this team a lot, man. I like this team. Yeah, I really like it too. And just you know, like you said, just the fact that they're competing every night is the one thing you want to see. And they're showing up against big teams. I mean, we've had re- three really close games against the Warriors, a really solid win against the Rockets. Uh, I, I couldn't ask for more from what we're seeing at this point. Maybe you know a little more Randall, but now he's starting. So that's that's something that you you know you want to see. You've seen a little bit of drama there, kind of with you know not knowing who's going to be here next season, play mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. Uh, through the first half of the season so far. Um, it's, I think it's affecting Clarkson a little bit now at this point, and has been maybe since December. Yeah. But it's really good to see how, how much, how far Julius Randle's come along, and I really hope, you know, we keep him. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only real bad game, I mean, at the beginning of the season, he was kind of a little mopey, but then he snapped out of it. He really took off, and he was playing maybe 15 minutes a game and really just destroying the league when he, when he came in. Every time, every time he came into the game, he was really killing it. So um, I, you're right about Randall, and it's, ever since he's been in the starting lineup, we've done really well. I think him and Brooke Lopez have been really good complementary players to each other. Randall 
just like how I use him in 2K, he's always on that <laughs> corner three, and you pass it to him, and he could just blow by most people over there. Yeah, he, and he, the, the one thing that's most impressive about Randall is defense. A lot of people are going to look at scoring yes. on this team, but <laughs> yes. defense. Randall can guard the one through the five, and he's been showing that. He's been hustling really well. And at the same time, I think uh, Lakers Film Room put out a stat that the Lakers cover about 18.1 miles per game in de on defense, which is, insane, the, yeah. which is the most that any team does. The Warriors are at about 17.8 miles per game. And that's really encouraging just to see, you know, how, how well this team is doing on that end. And you see how well it does for them because they have the most uh, points in the paint out of any team in the NBA. And that's because they get out on the break a lot and they get easy buckets. That's how they're going to score right now. You know, they're still learning the offense from Luke because we have a lot of, you know, youth on this team. And I think the one thing that's encouraging about the youth is Brandon Ingram. You could tell this guy's going to be a stud. He is looking great. He's shooting the ball really well from all levels, mid-range, the three, yeah. heading to the basket. He's got that little shimmy shake. And yes. And this is just a really stacked rookie class that the Lakers got. Josh Hart is a very solid player, does everything you want to see. Really strong on defense. Might be our second best defender as a guard on the honestly, team. Honestly, honestly. And Lonzo Ball is a top 10 defensive point guard. That wasn't advertised when he was oh, coming no, out of the draft. Oh, no, when he was coming in, a lot of people said that was his weakness. What was funny was his strength was supposed to be his shooting and his weakness was supposed to be his uh, defense. That has flipped since he's come to the uh, NBA. And what's been great is he has been – his hands, I swear to God, are the quickest hands I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he steals the ball really well. Also, yeah. Yeah, like, and and he, the way he blocks shots, too. Yeah, that's all quick hands. That's all how he's getting He's getting his hands in the lanes. And people aren't expecting him to come and squat, uh, come from behind and squat him. And that's what's been great about him. Yeah, a lot of people want to focus on his shooting. And I, I think you and I have not been concerned about that at all whatsoever no. this entire season. Because he... He knows what he's doing. Uh, he, he changes the pace of the play. We had that nine-game losing streak, and I, what he missed, he came back at the last two games of those? Or mm -hmm. was it the last mm -hmm. game? Last uh, two games. But, the, but during those first seven games that they lost, you could really tell that they were desperately missing Lonzo Ball. You know, yeah, because one thing that um, goes away when Lonzo isn't playing is um, the pace. You know, th that's been the, our whole offense because as much as we've been talking about the defense, and believe me, that was a big. Th uh, that was a big improvement from going last in the league to at one point fifth in defensive efficiency. But the one thing that our offense needs to click is pace because our offense, our half uh, court sets haven't been the greatest, and that's because you're a young team. You're still trying to learn each other's tendencies and all that kind of stuff. But when we get on the break, we know each other very well, and I feel like Lonzo's a big part of that. In and that's kind of what Magic advertised, too. You know, a lot of people were saying, that, oh, he's going to be like the next Magic Johnson. But not, And, you know, you could tell the way he moves the ball is really nice. But the, the, the most thing is they are so exciting to watch on the break. They are really, really fun when they're, when they're getting out on the break. And the cool thing is now you could tell that Luke at, for, at the beginning of the season was more concerned with having the guards have the ball when they're coming up on the uh -huh. break. But now it's just Randall, Kuzma, if they're in there, push the ball. Because they can both dribble. Uh, very nice. They can both handle the ball very nice, and they're getting the pace, and they're, they're just getting out, and they're going. Yeah, and that, that was something that was a change for us because I remember these last few seasons, and one of the coolest things we liked about Julius Randle was he was able to get the ball and go, and that's like one of his biggest strengths is he is just such a force going from end to end on the floor, and he, he's able to do those like shovel passes when he uses his, uh, his body to kind of screen someone and shovel it for the three. So, um, no, I, I really like that we have seen Kuzma and Randall really push the ball more. And even and in Brandon Ingram as well, because the best thing about Brandon Ingram is not when he's actually playing um, point guard for us, but when he is um, our secondary assist guy. When he's catching it on a cut, he can find people for three or find people under the basket. Well, and that's one thing that he's, you kind of, 
the, the great thing about Brandon Ingram, and we noticed this during his rookie season too, is month by month he gets better and he adapts better to the NBA game. And yes. what we're seeing right now is not what we saw at the beginning of the season. Yet, beginning of the season when he dropped like 32 points on the Warriors, that was all going you know towards the bucket, getting the points in the paint. But now what we're seeing is he's driving and kicking, and that's really jump-starting the offense in the half-court yeah. sets. Yeah, and like, like you said, from last year to this year, we went from seeing Brandon Ingram not being able to finish at the rim last year. That's why he was only averaging around nine points a game. But this year, at the very beginning of the year, he was able to attack the rim and almost seemingly get whatever he wants, just like we saw in Summer League, the one game we saw him in Summer League anyway. But now you're starting to see that he's got that elbow shot, that 15-foot jumper right from the elbow. He can make that anytime he wants off the pick and roll. And now, um, after we've seen that happen and people started adjusting to his 15-foot jumper, he's starting to play make from that 15-foot elbow shot, which is just – it's making him such a better player. It's money. I'm also making coffee right now, so I'm letting Chef kind of carry the podcast. Oh, yeah, of <laughs> course, of course. And, you know um, – <laughs> I'll keep on talking about Brandon Ingram because I think I could talk about this guy all day. Yeah, because I think as long as I'm not making coffee. this <laughs> this uh, this Brandon Ingram has actually gone a little underappreciated this season. I think because of the rise of Kyle Kuzma, because of the loudness of uh, of Alonzo. You know, he's our second overall pick. He, you know, he's a, the second overall pick is going to be looked at as the savior, and that's we got a new one. So now we're not looking at Brandon as much. But now it, that his play is picking up. We're starting to notice him a lot better. And this is just a, a disclaimer because uh, Daniel and I talked about this before the start of the show, but I just want to get this out there. This is a LeVar-free zone. <laughs> I am tired of, like, he's irrelevant. Everything he says is irrelevant. Nobody should be taking his comments so seriously. So with that being said, we're not going to talk anything about LeVar. We are just pure Lakers basketball. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, um, I know we all want to listen uh, about LeVar. That's too much LeVar, Shep. A, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. A little bit, but that's just not going to happen here. Just listen to ESPN LA. You'll get your uh, LeVar fix. and then Yeah, they don't like to up. cover the games at all. They like to just cover LeVar. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. And also, as we um, Chris talked about, we're being very meta today, and he's talked about his coffee making. We're also watching the Dallas Mavericks game because, you know, we thought Saturday morning is going to be a good time to record a Lake take, but no, the Lakers are playing. Lo and behold, there's a game on right now. They're up by 11. Oh, oh nine. <laughs> Yogi <laughs> but, um, Bear just made the shot. <laughs> Yeah, but... Put on the line. Okay, moving on. But, yeah, but um, coming from, you know, talking about Brandon Ingram, these past three games, him and Lonzo have really shown their ability to take over this team, you know? Um, <laughs> one thing that... Uh, one thing that... Like I said, how Brandon Ingram's kind of gone under the radar, like, because Kyle Kuzma's getting the Kuzmania shirt, which, you know, Chris happens to have. It's I have it. Awesome I'm shirt. a huge fan. People, I can't believe somebody tweeted at me. People are actually buying that. It's like, yeah, this guy's going to be a stud, man. Yeah, of course, dude. It's an awesome I shirt. love how confident he is, too. But the one thing that kind of sucks is that since he's been moved back to the bench, you can tell his, his confidence has been a, a little shook, but I think he's going to start getting that back pretty soon. There's, you know, there's also the thing known as the rookie wall. But yeah, I we think it's be, more you know, rookie wall because I also think that him and uh, Larry Nance are farm, forming a really good chemistry on um, on the defensive end and on the offensive end. You find you see Kuzma driving to the hole a lot like he's been doing all year with those sweet little hook shots, those little flip shots that he has. But now he's finding Lance. Ugh, we call Larry Nance Lance. It. Because of uh, just combining the names, by the way. Yeah. Larry Nance, Lance. It, he's um, just Lance. It's easier to call him that. It's Lance. He, he finds Lance under the rim all the time. All the time. And Larry's always able to Sorry. find, just like, dunk it up, man. He's all right. We're going to take a quick pause real quick. All right. And we're back. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, no. That I, was for I, Twitter. I think that um, Kuzma's role, you know, at the beat when he was going through the starting lineup and he was really lighting it up was great. But I think he's. And he said it through um, on the interviews and such that he's been really focusing on defensive game film because Luke has been harping on him about his defensive abilities because he should be a better defender, Luke believes. And um, now he's really focusing on that. And I think that's another part of why his offense has taken a bit of a regression. But, um, you know, he's still got the moves, man. Yeah, he's still got the footwork. Well, he'll, what's he'll encouraging about this team, too, is how much they're willing to learn and listen to Luke. You know, we've had, we've had young, a young team, obviously, now for a few years. And one thing that we were seeing last year was a lack of consistency. And we still see that now because they're young. But we're seeing that they're trying to build on what Luke's teaching them. And that's what, you know, that's what we've noticed through the first 41 games. Uh, Daniel's working uh, a little bit for a silver screen role. Yep, yep. So he um, wrote an article about the other day about, about consistency. If you would like to talk about that a little bit more. Oh, yeah. I mean, cause, because, like, we all get the chasing star free agents. You know, and I'm starting to get a little bit sick of um like with the lebron stuff like oh we're gonna fire luke hire david fisdale by the way ramona said she hasn't heard about any of that from the lakers front office so that's good to hear but um the one thing that's been tough on luke and honestly most of the coaches that have coached us since we last made the playoffs with dwight howard's team which was the worst team in the lakers history it hurt my feelings too much but the worst thing is we've had so much roster. that jersey we, yeah <laughs> that jersey is We'll talk about that on the after-hour show. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, the thing, um, the thing that's been tough for, on these coaches is the massive roster, roster turnover. You know, like, <laughs> the massive roster. <laughs> R- roster. Luke Mon. Luke Mon. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, no, no, that was good. But um, because, like, look, um, last year, D'Angelo Russell was a huge part. R.I.P. Um, was a huge part of our team, both – offensively and even you know I mean, he wasn't a great defender but he was learning the defensive rotations and all that stuff and then we trade him away um we lose lou williams we lose a bunch of different people and it's just constantly people coming in and out of the locker room and we don't know who's going to be on the team from year to year so we need to um start looking more we everyone talks about having a spurs like consistency and how they're able to just have Players just slip into roles, and because they have such a solid core of players that um, are going to lead them forward, and they just have the roles um, right next to them. So I think that moving forward, uh, after this uh, offseason, we need to start keeping players on this team. Um, yeah. Yeah, because... Well, keep, players need to look forward to staying on this team, and like, the, and they have guys that do want to stay. And I think I, I could or you might agree with me as well, we don't need two superstars. We don't need two max players. The Lakers are one guy away. One guy away from actually being, you know, a, legit, a legitimate playoff threat. Yeah. And whether it's LeBron or Paul George, I don't really want Boogie. You might want Boogie. Um, I'm, not, I'm not as scared as Boogie as you are, but I get it. I just haven't seen too much of what, you know, any, he, when's he been to the playoffs? Never. He hasn't done much as, as the number one option. But at the same time, this is a very talented team that could be put around him. So we could next you know, year he would could, go to the playoffs then. Yeah. <laughs> if he gets on the Lakers. Hey, yeah, don't get ahead of yourself there. <laughs> no, but the, yeah, the way I see it is um, another team that we've looked at and really compared ourselves to because it's easy is the Golden State Warriors. One thing that they did was they stuck by Steph, Clay, and Draymond, really. So mm-hmm. they stuck by those three players, and you know they're able to pick up Kevin Durant, which you obviously do. 
But I think this upcoming year, if we were able to absorb Paul George onto our team, it would be the equivalent of like when they got Andre Iguodala. I feel like that was a huge signing for them. I feel like he does a lot of things for that team that they needed, and they also needed that veteran presence. I think George next year would help us make it into the playoffs. I don't know. It would be from eight to six around about there because the rest of our team still needs to develop more. But eventually, um, I feel like he would eventually take a back seat to the likes of Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma and really just um, be that extra punch we have that um, that Andre Iguodala provides for the likes of like uh, the Golden State Warriors. So I think that consistency is something, just knowing your teammates, knowing how they play, and just um, – being able to rely on them to help help you on defense or help you on uh, or be there on offense, you know, like they're going to be in the corner when I pass that ball. If you just know where your teammates are going to be, it's a really big, uh, it's a really big help. It's a really big help. Yeah. All right. So now what we're going to do is kind of look forward to what we can expect in the next 41 games. Um, as far as record wise, I think this team has the ability to go 500. Mm-hmm. And if they could at least give us that, I think that's a huge, huge step and a huge advantage, you know, for this team in general, just something to, to give us momentum into going into the to next season and into the offseason, something to show these free agents that, hey, this is a talented team. If I just go there, who knows what, what we can do next year. Yeah, and I, I mean, just look at what's, what happened in these past three games. Look how good our team's been looking. They look very, um, co- like, they look like they're playing well. They're playing really well together. And I think that if we keep on moving forward at this type of pace, you're right. We're going to be able to win these 35 games that we thought we were going to be able to earlier in the season because we had that rough slide with that nine-game losing streak after Lonzo got hurt. But since he's come back, we're three and one, and we've won three straight. And it's looking like right now we're up ten against the Mavericks, and it's been consistently around double-digit lead for us. And Lonzo Ball, I would say, in the last 15 games is a totally different player than he was in the – I know we're going back to the first half here, but yeah. – um, Totally different player than he was to start the season. He is confident, and he's playing with confidence out there. He's going to have a little off-shooting nights, but that's expected from a rookie. Mm-hmm. But he's been shooting the ball a lot better. You're seeing him come off screens for three-pointers, and he's attacking the, the basket really, really nice. Yeah. I think part of that has to do with he's wearing this little uh, compression uh, shirt right now. <laughs> so that's kind of how he played. He, with he wore one at UCLA. Yeah, he wore one at UCLA <laughs> and at, at Chino Hill, so maybe that's why he's a little more comfortable. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's looking really good. Just a little update here. Uh, Brandon Ingram tweaked his ankle in the uh, first quarter of this game, but he's, he looks like, or Mike Trudell is saying that he'll come back. Yeah, follow that's, Mike Trudell if you don't good. already. Yeah, my breath went, huh? Uh, but, yeah, and like you were saying, um, you're the one, I believe, that actually showed me the article about uh, uh, that Kevin Dean wrote for the Lakers.com about Lonzo and his, um, what, is his, it's his dad's friend, but it's a family friend. Mm-hmm. Who is, it was like his dad's first guy who um, – Oh, yeah. It's, Lon- it's, Lonzo, now it's, now it's Lonzo's manager, manager, yeah. And he said, dude, you're just not having fun out there, and that's it's really affecting your game. And you could tell now that he's really having fun. I mean, even looking at him and Kyle Kuzma's Instagram stories, they're just m- messing around with each other. Yeah, joshing around, uh, just having a good time. And you could just tell it's translating to the court really well. I, I'm sorry I used joshing around. <laughs> Did you see the uh, latest one that Lonzo posted today? Oh, about like, oh, yeah, that he's got like, at least change. He's like, come on, man, you got to at least change your uh, – Tell Nike to send you a different colored sweatsuit, man. Come on. Just <laughs> he was making fun of his do-rag yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're always going at each other. And I think that's something, too, you know, like when you're going back to the consistency point, you know, you develop a brotherhood with these guys, and it's easier to go to war with people that, you know, that you're um, – that you 
that you like. I mean, I, I don't think you necessarily have to love everyone you work with, but it's a hell of a lot easier when you do like the people. Yeah. So, like we said, next 41 games, I think we're going to see a very, a very drastic improvement for this team from where they are now. Right now, they're currently on a three-game winning streak. They've won each of these games by double digits, and it's really encouraging to see. And right now, they're up uh, another eight points on the Mavericks. Oh, come on. Sorry. Yes. They just fouled a Barea. A classic uh, Laker killer. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is another double-digit win here, and we could build on a four-game winning streak. And you could just tell that Kuzma, Josh Hart, and um, Lonzo Ball, they're all winners. And they all want to win these games, and that's why they compete so hard against these good teams. Now, uh, looking forward to the next five games. Um, right now, we're obviously playing Dallas. And then we have Memphis, OKC, Indiana, and New York. Um, Dallas, game's currently happening right now. They're up 7, 39 to 32. I think the Lakers have – they should win this game. They don't. I'm going to be pretty upset. Just like the last time I saw them play Dallas live, they lost, and then Trump got elected president. That was rough. <laughs> and um, also, I want to talk about one thing about this season too and it's a it's, it's actually a, a it's been a problem with me and it brings me up now that i i've been watching this dallas game is i'm sick of the lakers not wearing their purple jerseys on the i road. hate <laughs> that nike does this <laughs> like yeah i like i want it then the purple the purple nike jerseys look really sick they too look cool They're yeah cool. I'm, I'm i'm upset as well i i don't like that that the nba does this where it's like you know they can choose what jerseys they want to wear it's like this isn't football why is everybody wearing dark jerseys <laughs> dude yeah i'm really we don't get to see the purple jerseys, like, at all anymore. But um, anyway, yeah. But I think we should end up winning this game. I think, you know, just another cool thing going into Memphis is we're going to be playing Memphis on Martin Luther King Day. And they're going to have, like, I don't know, we're just keep on talking about jerseys. But uh, they're going to have cool Martin Luther King jerseys for the MLK Day tomorrow against uh, oh, really? against uh, Memphis. But uh, Are they the Kobe ones? I'm not sure. No, 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 no. Um, I know Memphis is wearing oh, okay. cool Martin Luther okay. King jerseys. I don't know if they're going to do anything. It's all right. I, sometimes I'm talking all over the place. But anyway, against Memphis, that's another team that's been struggling all year. I feel like that's a team that we should definitely win. Um, we should be. And, uh, you know, they, Mike Conley's not playing. It's uh, Anyway, so the next game that we got after that is uh, Oklahoma City. I think that's a winnable game. I think even though we got lost by 30 points last time we played them, I think it's without, a, it's without a Lonzo Ball. And so we're going to have everyone um, – and have everyone playing, and Oklahoma City has actually gone on a little skid recently, so I think they're vulnerable, and that's another team we're going to be able to beat. Um, right. the, the game after that is Indiana. Indiana's been playing really, really good basketball this year, so I feel like the Lakers could play down to their competition a little bit that game. We'll do Indiana and New York combined here. Um, you know, both of these teams are relatively doing well for themselves in the Eastern Conference, and they might give the Lakers a little bit of trouble because, like I said, the Lakers play down to their competition, mm -hmm. which is something they've done because they're a young team. But at the same time, they've lost to New York, so I think that that's a game they're going to want back. Especially since it's at home, too, so it's going to be a little Yeah, and both of these games are at home, so I think they'll, they'll have a really good shot against Indiana as well, another young team. Victor Oladipo's been playing really good all season long. But, but like you said, I mean, we'd be lucky, I think, if we were able to win Dallas-Memphis, that would be huge. I think we have a chance against Oklahoma City, but that's kind of tough. That's the third game in a row on the road, and it's against a good team. I think um, that could be another loss. Uh, Indiana-New York, um, I, I, like you said, I think the whole revenge factor, especially since we played so good against New York, and the only reason we really lost that game is because uh, the uniform went crazy. 
Like, he had a great game against us in uh, New York. So, I think we can win that game. And the Indiana game is kind of a toss-up just because they've been playing just so well this year. So. Yeah, and I think it surprised a lot of people playing well. Nate McMillan has been doing a good job coaching that team. He's a very good coach. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just something something to, uh, to look forward to here in the next five games. Um, we're going to be wrapping up this podcast pretty soon here. But just before we do, we wanted to mention kind of the, the trade rumors coming up. Mm-hmm. We know that Larry Nance Jr., uh, Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson are all on the trading block and just, you know, they're trying to get rid of Dang's contract. And at this point, if anything gets rid of Dang's contract, the fact that we've already traded D'Angelo to get rid of Mozgov's contract, mm-hmm. I'm fine with th- those three guys going. Larry Nance Jr. has been playing a little, sorry, Lance has been playing a little bit better. But I think, you know, from Lance as, as it goes, he's still a little inconsistent for my, for my liking, mm-hmm. but he's still a really solid defender, solid piece to this team. But I think if we, you know, hopefully we could find some value in getting rid of Dang with one of these guys, or maybe two of these guys. Yeah, and um, from the report that I actually found this uh, on, it was from Lakers Nation, they were talking about, actually, if, I mean, obviously, if they can get rid of Dang, that would be something great. I don't, that's something that hasn't been looking very good, but um, one thing that they're also looking back to get is expiring contracts and draft picks, you know. If we were able to get a draft pick, that's incredible because of how well we've done in the draft these past few years. We just talked about Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, and Lonzo. Shout out to Ryan West and um, Joey Buss. Yeah, dude, they're really killing it. And I'm really scared that Ryan, because Ryan West looks like he's going to get picked off every year from another team. Every year. I really wanted him to be our GM, but I'm fine with Rob Flinka for now. I guess. But, um. Well, the good thing about Rob and Magic is they know to put the people, to put solid people in their positions and have them do their jobs. Yeah, of course. And they and that's what the scouting team has done really, really well. You can even tell with Thomas Bryant killing it in the G League. Mm-hmm. That's an encouraging sign as well. And Yavitsa Zubats is also doing really well for himself in the in the G League as well. Yeah, of course. But um, as far as um, trades, trades are going that way, I think that the most tradable guy on this list has got to be Clarkson. Clarkson is a sixth man. He's a guy that's... You know, for us looking to sign two max free guys, he's making a lot of money. But mostly for what he does, he's his contract's really good, and I think that's something that could uh, that could help. I think that uh, Julius, he's gonna he could sign a qualifying offer, which would be around five million in a cap hit, and like he could maybe get signed next year. But I don't know if he's gonna want to do that, especially if someone wants to give him a bunch of money to go to their team. So I think Julius is another guy that can get traded, but. As far as Lance goes, I I would like for him to stay personally because I like the I like how it looks with him and Kuzma going forward because like I've been talking about they look good on the defensive end together and the offensive end together and I think that he's a guy that's never gonna make that much money and he's kind of a guy that's gonna do all the hustle plays all the defensive plays and just um, eat up rebounds and help you on the offensive end that way he's gonna be a great bench player for us moving forward. Now this is uh, gonna be a quick show today but we just wanna. Uh, bring to light. We're gonna have a, a reoccurring guest host, or even maybe a third host. Um, I'm thinking uh, Daniel's brother Adam. Oh yeah, that'd be we're, great. Yeah, at your least favorite best friend on Twitter. We're trying to get him going. Is it at your least favorite best yeah, friend on Twitter? Okay, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and just you know, for reference, he's given us a little uh, commentary here on the game today. Uh, he just texted our group chat. Wow, Dirk's knees look terrible. Yep. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Is that, uh, you could swear he's Lou Aldang out there with those knees. <laughs> No, nah, they have to put him down after this year, I think. <laughs> like, I think that they're going to take him to the NBA vet and just put him down because he has just been looking horrible. But, uh, you know, 
we keep on talking about the chasing of free agents and the consistency factor, and um, this will be one of the last things we talk about moving out. But so just remember that keeping the group of core together, which me and Chris have always been in favor in, keeping the young guys together, is the way we want to go forward. Because if you look at teams that just chase stars, we're playing one right now in the Dallas Mavericks. And they're in the crap hole right now, just having to deal with Wesley Matthews Jr. and uh, Harrison Barnes as your best players. That's not the way to go. I mean, they got Dennis Smith Jr., who um, looks really he like looks good, really solid. Yeah, he he's no good. Lonzo Ball, but he's a very he's a stud. But it looks like their path to the championship is going to be a lot harder than ours. So just remember that we're always in favor of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like I said earlier, coming from Daniel's living room, this has been the Lake Take with Christopher Huerta and Daniel Flores. <laughs> uh, we're going to let him do his little sign off if he remembers. Um, isn't it? Wasn't it? I'm Chris and you're Daniel. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm Chris. And I'm Daniel. Or we used to just say, I'm, remember one time I said I'm Daniel? Yeah. I mean, we, we, <laughs> we're getting better. We never, yeah, we'll get better. We'll get there. We weren't even that rusty today. <laughs> you know, honestly, it, it just fell right back into place. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to kill it? Yeah. Um, we got to go watch I, the rest of this game. He forgot, so I'm going to do it. Love you guys. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I did forget.